Hi, this is Greg Stolze, and today I'm going to be playing my game Million Dollar Soulmate with Rabbit Stoddard. Hello. If, if you're not familiar with the game, you can buy it for $5 on itch. It's deliberately inexpensive, and the idea is to create an ambiguous love story where a millionaire has used a proprietary algorithm to find the person who completes him or her, but... Or them. Or them. But the question is whether it completes them as Henry Jekyll or as Mr. Hyde. The soulmate definitely, certainly enhances something about the millionaire, but it could be their best side or their worst side. And our goal as players is to create ambiguous scenes that can be read either way, because we won't know if it is and always was a good relationship until the very last scene. Cool? Cool. All right. So first off, Rabbit, do you have a preference as to whether you want to be millionaire or soulmate? <laughs> Um, I'm leaning towards the millionaire. Okay. Because I, I, I have sort of a core character in the wings for that concept. All right. But I, I'm good either way if you're really hankering to play one or the other. No, I'll I'll go soulmate. And the other question, is there anything you want to exclude or soft pedal? because uh, I've seen this game be romantic comedy and I've seen it be like Korean revenge drama. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I, I guess let's uh, keep it PG-13, but other than that? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had kind of a rough day today. One of those days when you find out you unexpectedly have to either buy a furnace or go without one in an Illinois winter. Ouch! Yeah, I didn't like it. No, thank you. The installer seemed nice, but I still didn't like the process. So yeah, I was tempted to just say, you know, rom-com, full on <laughs> anything that you could do in Frasier, but no more. All right, yeah. But I'm not sure that that works as well with the ambiguity, because I'm I, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, I don't know of any comedy movies where romance is a strong element, but at the end, they don't stay together, or it's implied that, oh, no, they were terrible for each other. Well, so. well hold on, hold on. I'm thinking about the, the two things that, actually, no, there's three romantic comedies that jump to mind where it feels like you guys just went with the good ending, but this easily could have been horrible the whole time. <laughs> when Harry met Sally. Okay. Four weddings and a funeral. And, oh, forget Paris. And then okay. the other one is uh, Green Card. <laughs> uh, Green Card in particular. I love that movie a lot, but... Really, this easily could have just been a terrible relationship the whole time. Oh. In fact, you kind of think that's where it's going. It, it sort of, <laughs> this change at the end feels very... Feels artificial to you? Well, no. It more, it's, it's more... I don't really buy that Andy McDowell had... The Andy McDowell's character is capable of having that much emotional movement that quickly. Hmm. But I... I I've watched a lot of rom-coms. Although, actually, French Kiss, yeah, same deal. That one really easily could have been, uh, no, no, this was just horrible the whole time. And <laughs> and funnily, the, the thing that gets it is really Act 5. I mean, what they do at the very end of all of those movies makes it okay. One of my other favorites, Bewitched, in fact, has has very similar thing where, no, no, I, I would, I would 
absolutely believe it if the end of the movie decided to go, nope, this was terrible. These guys shouldn't be together. Okay, so if we've got the boundaries set, the first stage of the game is the meet cute, where we will take turns answering six pre-designed questions each about each character. So I will not just be answering for the soulmate. I will have to answer some for the millionaire too and vice versa. But as the soulmate, I go first. And I did not have... I had sort of a millionaire idea coming in too, but I do have a thought that I do want to go with for the soulmate. And it's question number one, which is what about me will astonish the millionaire? And what what is going to astonish the millionaire about my character is that he or she, I don't know where we're at with gender yet, but this character will know that they are a millionaire, even though, even if they initially try to hide it, which, you know, of course, I'm, I'm encouraging you to do. Okay. Yeah. You think you're disguised as a commonplace thousandaire, but you've been found out before anything even begins. Hmm. Okay. Automatically clogs the millionaire. Uh, implying that uh, you'd prefer if the millionaire is at least downplaying the fact that they are a millionaire. Okay. Right, right. I just think it would be, this is, uh, you know, me steering into rom-com territory. Now, each of us answers two questions about our own character. So you answer two about the millionaire. I answer two about the soulmate. But we take turns and you go first. Okay. We'll start with Number four, what's your erotic identity? Just to get that one uh, nailed down. Uh-huh. This character is a gay man. Okay. Yeah. All uh, right. Let's see. Yeah, he, him, Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Wait, Catholic is an erotic identity? Well, it's, it informs some things about, your, about one's broader identity. Uh, right. As far as... As far as fetish, power play, but not bondage, and generally into peers, so probably startled by being paired with someone who isn't, All right. at least not apparently, on their level. <laughs> All right, I will go for Soulmate 3. What is your place in society? And yeah, I'm going to go with owns a gay bar, and it's but it's kind of a dive. <laughs> nice. Ta-da. Oh, we need a name for it, though. Lucky Pierre's The Falcon. Or The Rough House. Mm, Little on the nose. Yeah, Uh, it was a bit. Jerry's. Jerry's. Yeah. There it is. I like Jerry's. It's good. (laughs) Oh, God, wait. Is the soulmate's name actually Jerry? No. What what kind of crazy question is that? Hey, that could go either way and be amazing. (laughs) At least it's not lefties. Okay. That was a Leisure Suit Larry reference. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't know that. I feel feel good about ignorance. I played that game when I was way too young. I'm sorry. The theme song's actually my ringtone. I'm very classy. We're just digging right into the dirt here. Okay, so you've got another question about the millionaire. Why didn't you take the cheat code option? Oh, yeah. For our listeners at home, the cheat code option, uh, you know, the game assumes that the millionaire has literally spent a million dollars to have a computer algorithm find their perfect match. And so, of course, you could also have had private investigators scout out your match and got a full dossier on their favorite music and everything that could be 
scraped about them from uh, social media. But the presumption is that the millionaire didn't do this because I did not want this game to be more horrible than Unknown Armies. <laughs> that's a that's a bar, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, why didn't you take the cheat code option? Do you have a, a name for your character yet? I am not going to go with the name that this character traditionally uses. Fortunately, he has a bunch of pseudonyms just ready to go. So I think we're going to go with... Wait, wait, you mean the millionaire character has several pseudonyms that he uses just because he's... The millionaire characters, so in my various games and writings and things, I'm using uh-huh. a character who shows up relatively often, sort of a regularly appearing character of mine. He has a name, but for this game, he'll be using one of the other names that he uses. Though the millionaire having a bunch of pseudonyms is also cool to me. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll go with uh, uh, Richard Rosso. Okay. And why didn't Richard get the full read your diary treatment? Thrill of the chase, definitely. Wanted to find everything out about this person from his own perspective. Fair. Does not like things to be too easy. <laughs> I've got one more soulmate question to answer. <laughs> I'm leaning between five and six, but I don't know. I suppose I could just cheap out and go four, but that's yeah, that's boring. Uh, I'll you know I'll see if I can stick you with that one. What circumstances bring out the worst? in him and what is his worst i think he gets in over his head very easily uh he will come up with some enthusiasm and just get a little bit manic and go really overboard about it and loses all sense of proportion and never thinks twice, just jumps in both feet uh, without thinking things through when he has a new... There we go. Soulmate question five jumps in over enthusiastically when he has a new... What do we want to say? Obsession? Yeah. Lil Manic. Now, does he jump from obsession to obsession easily? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, everyone who knows him has the remnants of his macrame phase. (laughs) Everyone tells these stories. Oh, God, remember when he got really into Indian food and just made us all sick with those terrible, terrible curries? Oh, man. I think I worked for this guy at one point, except he would get into things like making leather armor. (laughs) Probably the demographic for this podcast is going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've each answered two questions about our own character. All right. So now you answer a question about the soulmate. Okay. So it's either going to be, oh, it's I've, I've answered all the odd ones. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have. Well, I'll make it easy on you, and I'll go ahead and tackle four. So your erotic identity is uh, probably aggressively pan to go along with the jumps jumps around a bit. Oh, no. So in a 
everybody should love and everyone should be with everyone they love and i've got a lot of love to give or is he like serially monogamous okay so forgive me for an r.a salvatore reference but so there's a character in forgotten realms darlaxel and somebody on tumblr because tumblr was going to come up at some point did a valentine's card that went roses are red violets are blue i may be pansexual but i'm hella gay for you that okay he is monogamous he just hasn't found the one and he has this this mental image of the one who it's like no this is this will be the full-on flowers hearts etc okay right and in the meantime why the hell should i turn down a good time if you if it's on offer okay probably not into pain or hurting anyone oh yeah but yeah this is gonna work great with your number four you've heard the joke about the psychological sadist hooks up with a masochist and went oh hurt me no yeah let's see so what's a millionaire question so you've done four and one Mm -hmm. oh do i want to go after a secret you never told anyone or the worst thing that ever happened to you boy there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot Mm -hmm. of juicy stuff i could go with you here yeah i left you the good ones uh, but I'll go. I'll go millionaire two, which is what's the best thing you've ever done that didn't involve money. And this was the idea I had for my millionaire, but is was an Olympic competitor in the biathlon. And I'm trying to decide. You know, do we want to go with actually won a bronze? Huh. Wow. Okay. But didn't we'll say didn't medal. D- didn't medal is fine. Totally fine with didn't medal. That's the skiing shooting one, right? The biathlon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'd, I'd have to look it up, honestly. Pretty sure biathlon ski and shoot. And, you know, very difficult because if you ski really hard to get out ahead, it's yeah. like a skiing shooting race. But the harder you ski, the harder it is to shoot because you're, you know, huffing and puffing and your heart's thudding. And it's hard to, sh- to hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, this guy, if he were ever to complete an, compete in an Olympic event, that might be it. So, okay. That's cool. Well, all right. What's your next soulmate answer? All right. Do, 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 do. Very tempted by who is your enemy and why. Oh, do it. This would be try not to go with anything that falls too heavily in uh, bad trope. Okay. So your enemy is a guy who used to be a regular. Uh, not next. But the guy that everybody at the bar complained about because he couldn't keep his hands to himself, he misbehaved every time he got called out on it, he claimed that, no, it wasn't me, it was somebody else, eventually you banned him, and now he's trying to ruin your business and uh, start up his own way better than yours bar. Whether or not he succeeded or the open question. What's do we have a name for this horrendous creep? Ooh, John. Stretch for it. Okay. John. Middle name is Lee. Oh, wait, it's your answer, so I can't just fiat that in. No, that's just fine. And his last name is not Hooker. But, <laughs> but, oh, uh, I was going to suggest Super Taster, but. Wow. Let's see. How about John Lee? Carlton is a guy who sounds like he should be a millionaire, but he's totally not. (laughs) He's just a thousandaire. A mere thousandaire. So I have my last millionaire question. Oh, does the soulmate have a name at this point? Uh, We haven't come up with one yet. Mm -hmm. So let's see. And what's left for the millionaire? We've done one, four, one, two, and four. 
Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. You saw your sister die. Okay. I'm gonna say... Having a sister is hilarious. Okay. What? It says this character having a sister is hilarious. Well, you see, you gotta let go of your preconceptions. No, no. that No, it's totally fun. It, uh, yeah, it's totally fun. And it would be. What would, what would her name be? Oh, what's a Catholic saint? Uh, Sophia. Sophia. And, okay, was it a long, lingering illness, or was it a sudden, shocking thing? Sudden, shocking thing. You're leaning towards sudden, shocking? Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah, you guys were mount- mountain biking, and she wiped out and caught a branch just wrong. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was a fluky one-in-a-million accident. There it is. Mm-hmm. I did my first one, then we each did two, and then we each did two more. You get an uh, another soulmate question. One more soulmate question. Uh, huh. So let's see. We've answered one, three, four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. That leaves two. So, so oh two god! Is the only one available. Yes. Right. And question two is what? What, what, what do, you, do know? you know for certain about love and romance? Okay. Huh. What do you know for absolute certain about love and romance? And how did you learn it? Oi. Well. Oh, and I've come up with a character. I've come up with a name. Ron Bronson. Ron Ronson? Oh. No, Ron Bronson. Ron, Ron Bronson? Ron... That would be terrible. That it's would... like Charles Bronson, only Ronald. Or Ron Swanson. I was wondering, okay, so is Will Ferrell actually playing this character? <laughs> Evans, right. no. Okay, although... Or we could go for Sal Bronson. Sal Bronson? Nice. nice. There it is. Salvador Bronson. Salvador Bronson. Italian, German, like it. What Salvador Bronson knows for sure about love is... So there are three kinds of relationships. Child relationships are about emotions and how you feel about each other. Teenage Mm -hmm. relationships are about emotions and sex. And adult relationships are about emotions, sex, and money. God. The trick is to have as many as possible of the first two kinds... Before you start getting into the third one, because as long as you can handle your emotions and you can handle how those emotions interact with sex and you're solid on those, you can probably handle adding money into the mix. That's that's pretty good. So Sal knows that money makes everything volatile, but Sal also knows that money is arguably just as important as Sex and love. Navigating wow. these things with another person is a challenge. And and yes, this is rabbit's own philosophy <laughs> of love and romance. Wow. Okay. I'm trying to think if I have a philosophy of love and romance. Probably not one that has been boiled down to quite so concise a phrasing. <sighs> I figure he learned it over, well, the course of a long and adventurous career in love and then, you know, mm. running his own business for however long <laughs> he it. Presumably okay. like a decade or so. Yep, yep. So being a business owner and then navigating relationships with people. You know, I picture him as sort of a not-trying-very-hard leather daddy. Oh, nice. So he's like 42, you know, wears the leather pants, the, the like, biker cap and the vest with no shirt, but he's fat. Not super fat, but that's six, his six-pack days are, are long gone. And, like, and, and a graying cop-style mustache. And that's... Oh, wow. That's Sal. So we're talking... A little bit pre-diagnosis Freddie Mercury with uh, with some added padding. Yeah, 
pre-diagnosis Freddie Mercury with bags under the eyes, some gray <laughs> hair. Some shit. <laughs> who's seen some shit who's seen a lot of pringles <laughs> not in an unknown armies kind of way yeah so okay so now i need to do a millionaire question we have answered one two not three four did we answer five? Oh yeah we answered yes it. so it's, it's either six. three or six it's three or six all right so number three is what is the secret you never told anyone and six is, what's the big trouble you escaped with money and privilege? Millionaire six. After the Olympics, you fell into a profound depression. Really, really deep. It was bad. The money made this depression, was a, a, an accelerant on the bad behavior, whatever form that took, I'll leave up to you. Uh, whether that was like, you know, drug binges, self-harm. Oh, I know where this is going. It's cool. Okay. All right. This is going to feed into three very well. But your family, oh, did, so did, then I'm, I'm assuming your family pulled you out of it, got you the best doctors, uh, sent you to a, a private Swiss sanitarium for six months. Spent six months in Swiss sanitarium for post-Olympic depression and associated bad behavior although i expect that was probably after because that was the the olympic thing was the best thing it ever done so probably thinks well about that but the worst yeah. thing was the sister dying so probably after the sister's death um the... i don't know I, i'm seeing it as you tried so hard to be more than just some shallow billionaire and okay. uh, shallow millionaire and you know you tried so hard to get to the Olympics, and you were like, "I'm doing it. This is this is real me. This is you know all the money in the world can't make me a better shot or a better skier." And then you're like, "Came in 17." Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And it's like I tried so hard, and I did my best, and that was my best, and crap. And probably you'd had buried sister stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah probably why i decided to do that in the first place <laughs> what like. what's the saying uh, it's all a rich tapestry <laughs> all right so that's my number six and you've got do we only have one left yeah what is a secret you never told anyone and i think uh -huh. i i think i answered yeah i answered the last yes. question okay a secret that i never told anyone exactly i think one person knows but you never actually told anyone, is he has a son. Okay. Yeah. How uh, old's the kid? In, well, in the, let's see, Richard is 45. I think in the aftermath of the Olympics, he would have been relatively young at that time. So probably teens. Mm -hmm. When he goes on the binge of crazy shit, he winds up fathering a son who's got to be in his late 20s by now. Okay. Uh, wound up getting, I think, raised by a family member who found out about it, but they never actually told anyone that that happened. I think everyone just sort of decided it was better if his you know, uncle or whatnot acted like they were actually the child's parents. And So what's what's the kid's name? Uh, Joshua. So Joshua thinks Richard 
uh, is his cousin. Tangled web, dang. Okay, so those are the questions. Uh, I'm going to suggest that uh, one of the things we should have done at some point, uh, but you know, the timing on this is not crucial, is decide how wide a net the algorithm cast. I'm going to suggest that it was pretty narrow because the wider the net is cast, the creepier the millionaire has to be. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't care if he's married. Uh, you know, find me my perfect person. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If we want to keep it, if we want to keep it in the rom-com spec, yeah, without without the sort of icky ones. I'm gonna say Sal's been that that it was you know Sal was on the apps. Sal's Facebook status waffles between complicated single, complicated single, single, single. So someone at, uh, we're going to assume it was looking for someone who is at least available. Yes, there. And, and you know, looking. So, yeah. no forbi- <laughs> so no forbidden fruit angle for you. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. Once the questions are answered, the millionaire player describes a situation engineered to, for lack of a better word, ensnare the soulmate. How does Richard ensnare Sal? So Sal owns a dive bar. Jerry's. Jerry's, which is a gay bar. So is this a gay bar that is just a people come and drink and chat bar? Or is this a like host performances? It does not host performances. Okay. They've tried and it has been a shit show every time. It's like drag queens accidental, accidentally setting themselves on fire. <laughs> of bad it's you know we brought in a singer and he overdosed on stage (laughs) it's just it's just been one thing after another Hmm. okay probably framed on the wall on the way to the pool room and back Mm -hmm. i'm picturing this set up Exactly as Cheers from the old sitcom. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, only, instead of, only instead of Boston memorabilia, it's gay stuff. Uh, and I, so framed on the oh, wall. This is very evocative. Framed on the wall by the, the phone booth are the newspaper articles about the disastrous performances. Nice. That rules out. Decides to go be a performer. On, <laughs> let's see. On uh, open mic drag night as one of the options. Because that was, that was my first go-to. Don't go for the easiest, most facile first thought. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Since since we're going for since we're going for trying to avoid looking like a millionaire, let's say it's a slow burn kind of kind of thing where uh, he goes for becoming a regular. Okay. Because this could be creepy or it could be fine depending but yeah almost like casing the situation just shows up buys a drink talks a little leaves comes back Mm -hmm. buys a drink talks a little more okay yeah uh, over a uh long like a month period okay Uh, sort of lays a lot of groundwork all right chats with the bartender chats a little more with the bartender i picture sal tens bar a fair amount of the time Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes you get you get jerry's equivalent of woody just this adorable twink without two brain cells to you know rub together but everyone Uh, calls him yeah uh what what do we what do we want to name this guy uh bunny pete Pete was my second thought. Okay, so Pete. But yeah. people call him Bunny, and he yeah. hates it. Yeah, Pete the Bunny, because he's obviously not a Peter Rabbit. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh, so they just call him Pete the Bunny. Bunny Pete. Oh, God, I love that. Okay. Now, this guy's 
pretty good looking. I think like oh, Richard uh, is. Yeah, mid-career Tyrone Power, good looking. Wow. All right. But you know, he's dressing way the hell down, jeans and you know what? your 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 standard jeans and black t-shirts. Although, well, t- depending on where you are, that's a millionaire's uniform these days. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, but yeah. he gets like the beat up jeans. And, no, he throws a flannel on over it. <laughs> there it is. I'm just picture, picturing him standing in front of the antique Louis Couture's mirror, and he's like rutching up the the, uh, the flannel shirt so that it's wrinkly and like tweaking the collar. So like it's clearly then, not ironed. Yeah, and then he just looks at himself and he's like completely invisible. Perfect. He'll never suspect a thing. <laughs> Yes, art, artfully tattered. <laughs> yeah, hands it to his butler. He's like, go drag this behind a horse, then launder it, but don't iron it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's so it's a slow burn of you know how the you know how the bartender winds up listening to the the patron's mm-hmm. problems. So he comes there often enough, and uh, until the the script gets flipped and. Now the bartender's telling the patron his problems. Okay. Over a long enough timeline. A few nights you would probably, to get to that, you would probably have to stay till closing. Yeah. When everyone is out. Okay, so, and so at some point, now, is Richard gonna wait until Sal asks him out, or is he going to eventually break down and ask Sal out? I can see it because Sal has got to be thinking like, this rich, gorgeous slab of manhood can't be interested in me. If he comes on to me, he's either A, looking for some disposable strange, (laughs) or he's just punching way below his weight. So I, I expect that, I mean, I could see it going either way, but I'm, I'm sort of seeing a, you know, dark and rainy night sometime long after closing on a Saturday night or a Sunday night or what? Uh, well, do you after, want it to be a busy night or like a super quiet night? Probably the just after closing on a night that was busy kind of thing and then busy real early and then wound down was like okay. hectic and stressful and, and they're just chatting and then probably Richard will make his move at that point having figured out that Sal is uh, not likely to do so but that's fine that's so fine. what is Richard's move uh, since it's probably been an awful lot of just conversation I feel like I know you we talk all the time kind of stuff they're just sitting there over the bar like three drinks Three drinks and just sort of kiss. Does he just like lean over the bar, grab Sal by the cheeks and kiss him? Or is he like, well, let's get out of here. I know a place that stays open all night does a killer chow mein. Uh, Something a little bit more like that. I think after a long period of conversation, they're really connecting. I feel like I've known you for years kind of stuff. He sort of reaches over and puts his hand on top of Sal's and meets his eyes and says, hey, you want to get out of here? Let me lock up. Wait, is this a date? Are you asking me on a date? Yes, I am, actually. In fact. Well, give me a minute and I'll change into my good vest then. It goes in the back and... (laughs) Comes out in a different black leather vest that's slightly cleaner. <laughs> so now we roll to see how that first day goes. All right. Let me uh, find my D6, actually. I got a two. All right. 
And I got a two also. So we're tied. Millionaire two is that you were an Olympic biathlete. And oh, soulmate two is what I know about love is that money is a factor. So, okay, <laughs> this is the day. So on the very first day, Sal has probably had a few. He can probably hold his liquor pretty well, but he's sleepy. He's... It's been a long and busy night. And it's it's now like two or three in the morning. And so he's like, yeah, depending, oh, on, depending on when last call is uh, in yeah. where they are, it could be as late as 4 a.m. The ditch of the night, nobody's out except... You know, the, the diner is empty except for one guy at the end of the counter at, with his boa constrictor. Oh, we're we're getting beef chow mein, and Sal's like, so I heard that for the last Olympics, they cra- they brought in like something ridiculous, like two hundred and sixty thousand condoms. I mean, so is it just is Olympic Village just a bang fest? <laughs> Uh, it gets a wow. <laughs> it just goes right. Back. Okay, I think <laughs> it's the uh, well. That's what the rumor is, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, come on, you were there, and he pulls out his phone and pulls up a picture of Richard Russo with the skis and the rifle posing casually, and it's you know, local man has Olympic dream. And he's like, this is you, right? Look at those dimples. Those dimples oh, aren't commonplace dimples. God. Oh, so you've heard about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you, if you don't want people to know mm. that you're a global level athlete, you know what you shouldn't do is go to the Olympics. Because Well, mm. I was you? I was a global level athlete at one in my misspent youth. Yeah, I can see. If, uh, well, I mean, looking at this picture, holy cow! You could just bounce a quarter off those flanks. <laughs> we all get older, I suppose. Yeah, well, not all of us, but it, you know what they say beats the alternative. Well, I don't know. There's something to be said for aging gracefully or comfortably, as it were. Mm. Yeah, Sal just slaps his stomach, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't have." A- Casting stones about people who've uh, got a little more action in the back section these days. Like I said, there's a lot to be said for comfort. It competing on that level, even in the nominally amateur brackets, is extremely stressful. Sure. Yeah. No, I bet. I never did anything like. I, I mean, I'm impressed. I skied for a while. I was living in California, in Colorado, but yeah, I was never had any kind of great level. And then one time I wiped out and cracked up my skis. I I walked away, but my left ski was in two pieces. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't afford to buy new skis. This sucks. Well, casual or competition, it's just as well that you avoided the competition piece. They say winning is just as stressful as losing. In my experience, losing is sufficiently stressful. But... Uh... Mm. I suppose I should be glad that I never had a taste of the other. So. Well, I mean, you must have won a ton of shit just to get there, though, right? Well, yes, yes, but that's all winning to a purpose. You have the you have the drive on achieving the the end result, making it to the highest level of competition. Well, and then you compete there, and oh, that was my shot. And it didn't quite go, but you know, it didn't quite go. You got to 
travel the world and meet all of these uh, these international athletes and I don't know uh, fancy was, people and I was very uh, you young, know and I took it a lot harder than I think I probably would now. To oh, I made a wait, wait, number wait, of mistakes in the aftermath. But, Are you uh, telling me that you didn't have fun at the? I mean, it sounds it sounds like fun. I mean, it sounds hard as hell when I read about you know these Olympic workouts that are crazy, and you know people who who just spend hours and hours training every day to get there. But I mean, it wasn't even fun. In retrospect, if if I if I had it to do over again, I probably would have had a lot more fun with the experience than I did at the time. But like I said, I was, what, 19? And uh, I was, let's say, over-focused on competition. When I was 19, I was living with an older guy in a house by the beach, and I was over-focused on smoking weed. <laughs> See I had never anything like that because I was too busy worrying about staying in competitive form. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll probably. get there. You'll get there one day. Uh, on a long enough timeline. Uh, it probably would have uh, had a lot fewer regrets if I focused my experience and less on the uh, prize, as uh -huh, it were. Uh -huh. All right, so they... They talk. It sounds like Richard is kind of talking around the whole Olympic thing and maybe not being quite as sharing as and intimate as maybe Sal wants. Yeah, so he's, what is he's downplaying a little bit. He doesn't he doesn't want to he he doesn't want to sell his achievements or his social status as any kind of big deal. He does not own up to you know, being a, a millionaire at this point. I mean, unless he does, but it doesn't sound like he's headed that way. Uh, not unless it gets drawn out. I, I think he's not gonna, he's not gonna jump into that at, at least. Well, I haven't, I haven't rolled number one yet. At least not at so, first. Okay. So, uh, all right. So how, how is this ambiguous? What is the best in Richard that might be getting revealed? And what is the worst that might be getting revealed? Okay. So the best is a inclination towards humility and treating okay. Sal like he's an equal. The worst is, yeah, he's kind of withholding uh -huh, and being uh -huh. a bit duplicitous in there. So, so whether or not it goes well or badly is how malicious Cell perceives the, like, are you lying to me on per through a mission on purpose, or are you, no, 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 you have good intentions, you're trying to make me feel comfortable. He's still holding back, but I know he's holding back, so that gives me the upper hand. It's kind of cute so far. Mm -hmm. Right. Salvador probably does not immediately make Richard into one of his enthusiasms, but he's like, eh, we'll, we'll continue. I'm not going to shut this down yet. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see how this goal goes. Okay, next date. Should we roll for it? Do you feel that first one was resolved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three. I... Also oh. got a three. Oh, wow. All right. A lot of Don't worry. It's not okay. over the edge. Yeah, yeah. It's not lightning bolts. It concerns Jerry's and it concerns your son. <laughs> One thought that yeah. you know could come out here. I don't know. I will throw this out here. And if you slap it down, I'm fine with it being slapped down. But that at some point, Sal 
and Joshua maybe dated a little. Oh, jeez. Too, too oh, much? Man. Too wow. much? Uh, or uh, I, just enough? Oh, jeez. <laughs> weird or weird and creepy? Well, if if nothing else, since it has since it does have to do with Sal's place in society, whether or not they actually dated, maybe at some point Joshua was a regular. Okay. And and so if if they did, you know, maybe it was a date, nothing more than that. Because let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's not, not turn get, this into an overheated edible drama. Let's not get let's not get flat out gross. So one of these one of these is a problem, and one of these is the solution. What I'm going to suggest is that the problem is Richard's estrangement from Joshua, and the solution is that they find out, oh God, we're both, wait, you mean you're gay? Wait, you mean you're, why are, you're gay? Well, why else would I be at Jerry's? Ah. Is, is this the situation that the Catholics are in the closet until they accidentally run into each other at, at Jerry's? Oh God, yeah. So I guess <laughs> this is... <laughs> Uh, so I guess this is a date that's only kind of a date because they're at... Well, it's he, he could have stopped by Jerry's to pick up Sal, and Sal mm-hmm. is explaining, is showing showing Pete yet again how to make a salty dog. And uh, it's, it's not complicated. You put salt <laughs> on the rim. Wait, I thought it was sugar that went on the rim. No, it's not called a sugary no. dog, Pete. It's not called a sugary dog. Oh, boy, I can hear the laugh track. <laughs> so, yeah, you're you're waiting for this to come out. And that's when Joshua walks in the door, swiping left and bumps right into your back. OK, yeah. <laughs> now, keep it in mind that uh-huh. uh, Joshua thinks they're cousins. <laughs> the dice have had their say. Yeah, OK. So, yeah, they're, they're saying, oh, okay. uh. I didn't. So oh, yeah. Richard, so Richard, Richard has, has never, never been, been in the, the closet. closet oh, because I was, you know, I was just picturing it. If yeah. this was Cheers, they would have both been in the closet. And oh, I didn't know you came to yeah. this bar. Oh well, why wouldn't I come to this bar? You know, well, you know what kind of bar this bar is. Oh. Do, do, uh, what it's a kind of bar at, w- at which point Sal walks by is like <laughs> hey sweet cakes smacks him on the ass I'll be ready to go in 10 <laughs> yeah, there you go yeah it's, that's very cheers yeah Richard isn't the kind who would ever be in the closet but I think Joshua absolutely is mm-hmm. all right I think Joshua there's there's clearly a oh 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 so yeah what are you doing here and then just I thought Beat and then Joshua being just I come here because this is the last place that you would ever go. Nope. Oh, so they're both on the DL, just Richard's on the DL about the money thing, and Joshua's on the DL about the gay thing. Yeah, at which point Sal walks by and is like, oh, hey, Josh, you're back. Where have you been? <laughs> ah, yeah, that gets a, that gets a, like, full neck rotation look kind of thing. <laughs> he goes, uh, Did you disappear with that dude from Barbados, man? It, and I, you know, look and see what his reaction. And his, I'm like, he dumped you, didn't he? Look, man, he was straight trash. I, well, not straight trash, but he was directly <laughs> trash. You, I know he was good looking. I mean, I know he was good looking. But 
<laughs> the fact is, he was just toying with you, and you can't. You don't be anyone's toy, Josh. And then I'll like tousle his hair, which I know he hates, and then walks off to do some bar stuff, leaving Josh with his hair all askew, looking at his quote unquote cousin. Everett's <laughs> uh, probably looking at him, going. Yes, you could do so much better. I'm sure. You don't even know who he's talking about. I, I don't have to know. What, who he's what are you doing? About. I'm 100% sure you could do so much better. Ah. It was no big deal. What are you doing, you know, here? Now, Richard's turn to look cousin, I guess. And he sort of cuts his eyes over at Sal and cuts him back at Joshua and goes, Oh, nothing. And Joshua's like, this is the other side of town from where you live. You didn't just drop in. And I know that they don't have the kind of wine cellar to which you are accustomed. Uh, he goes, I'm picking up a date if you want to know. Wait, you mean you've arranged to meet a date here or you mean are picking up a date? Okay, are you, are you going to take that shit from your own son? <laughs> Your hidden son. He goes, actually, I've been seeing someone for a while. Well, a little bit anyway. Really? Wait, not Sal? Mm, but but not, he's... Not Sal. You should... Oh, Cousin Richard, that's like cruelty. That's like... Stra that, mm, it's, it's like kicking a puppy, isn't it? Uh, uh, maybe... You don't know me as well as you think you do, Joshua. <sighs> I think I, I know everything I need to know about you. I've heard the stories from my parents, okay? And I mean, it, it feels mm. good to come out, but I mean, I, I guess I kind of thought that this was like, you know, my place. Mm. Well, as much as I hate to queer your pitch, as it were. <laughs> Rimshot. Laugh track. <laughs> This isn't exactly the sort of place I would have expected to find you either. Does that uh, nice country club girlfriend of yours know that you come here? Okay, so yeah, what? Mm -hmm. at, this is probably the point at which Sal comes up and is like, "What? So you guys? Do you two know each other? Let me guess." So this is this is probably the part where he looks at the two of them and goes, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> There's a very strong resemblance. Oh, no. His first thought was going to be, yeah, he'd come up and be like, so do you two know each other? Did you date? Or, and then he's like, looks between them and looks between them. He's like, or not. And what What does Richard say? Oh, boy. Now he's torn between. There, this is not the time or place to confess to the huge truth that nobody but him suspects. No. But... Nope. Nope. It definitely isn't. But that puts him in the position of uh, lying to a person whose trust he's trying to gain. Like, so far, he's only mm -hmm. lied by omission. He hasn't, uh, from a certain perspective, he hasn't ever told an outright lie. Uh, so I think he says, yeah, how do we know each other, Joshua? And Joshua's like, we're cousins. And Sal turns bright red. He's like, right, that makes sense with the n nose and the uh, jawline and, uh, you know, how tall you guys are. And uh, both have those big, strong hands with the manicures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm dating your cousin. That's uh, that's 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 pretty cool. Right. Isn't it? I think it is. Hey. 
good to see you back at the bar. All right, let's uh, let's go before uh, you know the previews for this movie. And he yeah. uh, hooks Richard's arm and drags him out of the bar. It's like so. Okay, wait, you're his cousin. What? Oh yeah, yeah. And then this is probably where they get when they get somewhere more. Just the two of them. He goes. Well, when they're in, when they're uh, in the car. Okay, here's the question: Who drives? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that are is they just, a good. Are they just Ubering everywhere, or are they in Sal's cruddy pickup truck? Would he have a cruddy pickup truck, uh, cruddy Jeep, cruddy sedan? So definitely, Richard is driving one way or the other. Now the question is whether Richard is actually driving, or whether he's, or whether they are Ubering. Yeah, because I mean, if he's driving. What kind of car does Richard drive? I'm assuming well, it's not a Hyundai. Because he doesn't really drive. Oh, okay. Mostly. So so the question is really, in in the good version, they got an Uber. In the version, he got his driver, a guy named Ivan, to drive and pretend to be an <laughs> Well, I mean, so has Richard had good experiences with Uber? I think he has a driver, so he doesn't take Ubers okay, so most of the time. So it's a fake Uber, and and Sal is like, Arr. right? Or I think I think he hasn't I think he hasn't said anything. There's just a car with a dude sitting in there, and it's not like a Ferrari uh-huh. or anything. It's 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 like a. Uh, oh, it's got to be uh, like a BMW actual- or a Jaguar or something. Forty five, probably BMW. Oh, uh, oh no 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 no! It's. <laughs> It's a Prius, but it's next year's model. <laughs> Sal's like, oh man, are we? Do we really have? I I can drive us. I got that. I got that thing sorted out with the heater. Uh, cars, cars already here. I'm it's telling you, I, I I believe in my heart that Uber started out as some kind of law enforcement project to catch sex offenders that just got way out of hand. I've never trusted these guys ever since the one tried to stab me. <laughs> Well, I use this driver a lot, and I've never been stabbed or had an attempted stabbing, so it's probably fine. But if you're more comfortable, we can go in your car. Why do you say it like that? You say it like it's a car (laughs) only on a technicality. (laughs) I'll have you know that I've loaned (sighs) that car to three separate people who've lost their virginity in it. Well, maybe it only counts as two because two of them were with each other. And then I had to hear the replay the next day from each of them. Man, that was that was like what was that Japanese movie Rashomon? <laughs> All I want to know is, did you clean the seats afterwards? Of course, I'm not a barbarian. So yeah, we climb in and. All right, fine, and we can take your car. So he's like, "All right, so yeah, I, you and Joshua. Wow, it makes a lot of sense. So does that mean you're Catholic too?" Uh, yes. Yes, formally. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say formerly or formally? Oh, formally, formally. You never really stop being Catholic. Wow. So you, so you're. Do you go to church? Are you a believer? Uh, sort of a high holy days Catholic. So you go to church. So Easter, weddings, funerals, Christmas. Weddings, funerals, baptisms, Christmas, Ash Wednesday. Okay, all right. But so yeah, you didn't answer the uh, "Are you a believer?" part. I couldn't help but notice. 
It doesn't come up very much, mm-hmm. uh, honestly. I, what about you? Oh, no. I just believe that we are a pattern of electrical signals in, uh, you know, that meatloaf that lives in our skulls. I think that once you check out, that's it. You're just oblivion awaits. It makes a lot more sense to me. And as a bonus, the annihilating lack of meaning at the center of the cosmos never told my parents to hate me. For some reason, I was never bothered by that. I like the mysteries, and I like the ritual of it. I'm always fond of of the trappings of same, but the dogma, I could really take or leave it. It seems sort of obviously misplaced. Well, I mean, but if you're only in it for the Baroque trappings, why don't you just go see a Beyonce concert? I also am very fond of Beyonce concerts, frankly. Okay, but yeah, I mean, so you're a believer? You believe that the blood of the lamb has washed you free of your sins? Mm, oh, I wouldn't say that. So then, you, I I don't want to call you a hypocrite, but it kind of sounds well, like this, that's how you're positioning yourself. Think of it this way. In, in some ways, you're born Catholic, you're born Catholic. Uh-huh. There's a fine tradition of Catholic atheists, just like there's a fine tradition of Jewish atheists. I probably fit somewhere in the Catholic wow, atheist. Wow, harsh. Category. It seems uh, to me that I, the, I the most efficient way to not believe in something is to just not believe in it, rather than struggle against this gigantic entrenched church power well, structure that tells you you're going to hell all the time. Uh, well, being Catholic is more is in some ways more of a cultural phenomenon than it is a faith structure, though it can also be a faith structure. Mostly, I just don't let it bother me. All right. Like so many things, it's only a big deal if one decides to make a big deal out of it. Ultimately, either the void at the center of the universe or God, if God happens to be the void at the center of the universe, will have their way. So I prefer to just experience reality rather than worry over much about how it was formed. All right. Because we're not playing Unknown Armies. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they talk in the car. And so, yeah, probably Salvador is a little uneasy with this whole, oh, I'm Catholic, but not in like a big God way thing. Well, he's clearly just never met Catholic atheists. Because seriously, I know a lot of Catholic atheists, just like a lot of Jewish atheists. Hmm. It's a, like, you can quit being Catholic, but if your family's still Catholic, it, it's still a whole thing. I mean, really, it just means he was he was baptized and then okay. he was confirmed. So so he could, but which he probably explained. So he could probably he probably explains over the course of the evening of the evening that yeah, that's pretty much it. I was sixteen. I went through a confirmation. So from my family's perspective, okay. I'm Catholic. What do you think? That, you think I let that stop me from doing anything? <laughs> but I notice. <laughs> But I noticed they they got pretty far away from the topic of uh Oh yeah. So, yeah, he probably would have so, asked some questions and and talked about how Joshua right. seemed to be kind of a self-hating church-wounded gay when he came in. Yeah. Probably mentions John Lee Carlton <laughs> arguing Ooh. with him. Yeah, yeah, you oh could boy. you can just see you could see mm-hmm. Sal's face cloud over when he talks about John Lee. It's probably not. Mm-hmm. It's probably like half angry and half sad. Mm. In in what sense is this date uh, ambiguous? So mm, the real question is whether it, whether they get into that enough that that he feels comfortable enough to tell Sal. Well, actually, the reason 
I didn't say he was my cousin because he's not really my cousin. Okay, he's my you got to decide if you're going to go in on that or not. And it's so, clearly, so it's clearly the most to... dramatic choice. Yeah. So, uh, so probably over the course where they talk about the self-hating, he probably mentions that, yeah, he actually has a long-term girlfriend. They're supposed to be talking about getting oh, married. Yeah. And oh, Brenda, yeah. I didn't know this about her. Yeah. So I've, I've seen a picture uh, of her. I, I'm not real comfortable about what he's doing with Brenda because it seems, I mean, if she's he, a very sweet girl yeah not super perceptive though no i mean and if he was bi that would be one thing Mm. but that guy i've never seen him scope out a lady he's gay he's just all the way he's which one is he a kinsey six or a kinsey zero i always think it's six 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 uh, I think huh. What a Catholic would call a Kinsey 666. Ouch. <laughs> Practicing. Anyway. And uh, really, the well, that's that's beside the point. But American fundamentalists are really much more assholes about it than a lot of Catholics. But that aside, yeah. Or he's just self-destructive, mm. which is possible. I haven't been as involved with his life as I would have liked to have been. Well, I mean, he's just your cousin. Mm. Well, about that. Remember how I told you about my sort of self-destructive binge after the whole Olympics debacle you didn't thing? Tell me about it so much as allude vaguely towards it. What? How? Well, oh, I spent. Oh, I spent like six months in rehab. It was a whole wow. thing, but. I'm not particularly shy about that. I generally feel like if someone has gone through that kind of experience, it's helpful. to One shouldn't be ashamed of that kind of thing. However, what got me into rehab was where I had thought I was a lot gayer than, than uh, Joshua was. But after that period, I did some pretty self-destructive things and I wound up fathering a child. So Joshua's not really my cousin. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. what? Joshua's your kid? That's... Mm-hmm, yeah, and he doesn't what? know either. Hold on a second. I feel like I've so lost thing, the thread here. One thing you should know about Catholic families is they're really good at not talking about important things. Maybe don't push this off on Catholicism. You had a kid who you <laughs> don't acknowledge and who thinks... He is your cousin. Am I? Am I clear on? Mm-hmm. So you just you, you just gave him to your what? My, your mom's brother? Is that? Wait, I, I remember you telling me about these. But that's no. You. Yes, my mom's my mother's brother. My parents yeah. had passed for a long time at that point, and I was being raised by my aunt and uncle. And they had, uh, and they couldn't have any children of their own, so they took my son in. Yes, that's, are you, that's essentially what happened. There was no real discussion around are you, it. They just are, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you mm, so, are you ever going to tell him? Uh, I have wanted to tell him for but quite some I time. I suppose that's but... the kind of thing that just doesn't come up. It's not like you're watching the Super Bowl and at the halftime show, you just like, oh, hey, by the way, son, you're not my cousin. When I call you son. That's literal. Uh, Also, you've never met my uncle. These things are not talked about. And how long is too long? He's in his late 20s now. 
So how long is in his late twenties? Lying to his girlfriend about loving the D. He's boy, where'd he get where'd he get the idea that you can just keep secrets from people and deceive them and pull the wool over their eyes indefinitely? Huh, where could he have Hmm. picked up that thought? I think we covered that. Yeah, I think we did. Oh, it's it's Catholicism. Oh, and and old very traditional families. I hear the Anglicans have similar issues. Sure. They just just kind of gives kind of gives him a flat look, and it's like, sure, society's to blame. No, you're right. You're right. I should probably tell him at some point, eventually, ever. <laughs> so, do we have to explain how that's ambiguous? Because I think it's yeah, sufficiently ambiguous. Um, probably, probably Sal is like, yeah. Let's make an early night of this. I gotta go home and process some things. I got. I gotta yeah. get up early tomorrow. The guy's coming in to uh, spray down the bar for silverfish. And uh, oh, oh god, this is totally doing some <laughs> weird Woody and Diane thing. But uh, uh, this is doing some weird what? Woody, no, uh, not Woody. Uh, Sam and Diane <sighs> thing. And Richard's perspective on it is okay. Yeah, he just confessed the huge secret in his life that uh, he's never told anyone ever. And he told this guy who is like being incredibly flippant about it. And well, and is like making light of the whole thing. And also shell shocked. And, and bit, probably clearly not. You, you probably, you know, you, you can probably read from like his body language and stuff that he's being flippant because he's like, this is awful. This is not a okay, I'm not comfortable with this. I mean, you probably right. know him well enough at this point to know, oh, he's yeah, he's being mm-hmm. flippant, flippant because the alternative is real judgy, uh, and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he doesn't want to, you know, freak out. <laughs> at the risk of sounding judgmental, you are wrong and bad. Uh, right, and so Richard's feeling, okay, I'm feeling a little judged. Uh-huh. And Salvador is feeling kind of, wow, uh, this is... This got all gothic and I don't want to novel. Blow my top. And you know, I don't want to get defensive, but at the same time, feeling a little attacked. Okay, so they probably so they like cool up for a few weeks before date three. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's some clear ambiguity. I just there. rolled a two, a three, a two. All right, one. <laughs> I rolled a th- uh, so I rolled a three, a two, and then a one. Do you, are you stealing my die? Uh, it, it's weird. I don't know. But it works. They fit together well. So it, it seems like we're just going to continue the theme of monumental confessions. Uh, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> if this were a rom-com, it, it, would, it would be titled The True Confessions or something like that. And there would be a confessional at scene at some point. So date three deals with the two issues are Sal knows and has always known that Richard is a millionaire. And yours is that Richard did not get the full data breakdown because thrill of the chase. So, all right. How does, right. how does this come up? I mean, presumably they, they cool it out for a while. I'm going to suggest that Salvador withdraws and goes and learns to surf and is just like surfing for a week and (laughs) peter the bunny is like oh yeah he's gotten it's one of his things he's really into surfing oh if you go in the off 
you know, open the closet, you'll see just, you know, the remnants of all the stuff that he's been into. And you go back there and open it. There's this mountain bike front and center. Oh, geez. Well, we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten to the, uh, to the, uh, well, five which, which won't come up. It is. Yeah. The right, fives, right. the yeah. fives are out, but, uh, you know, they're, oh, they inform yeah. everything, but without being directly mm-hmm. oh, sure. head on. Okay, so so he sees. Okay, so this guy's actually a bit flighty, or at least sort of serially intense about something, and his current is surfing. Yes. Okay, I guess the question is if Richard follows him, or if Richard waits for him to come back. Which do you think is more in character for Richard? Well, probably after the way that. They left it last time. Richard feels a little bit more like not exactly a wronged party, but he doesn't want to appear too desperate. So he'll probably wait. The good version of that is, oh, he's respecting Sal's space and cool off time. And And the less good version of that is, okay, yeah, I'm just going to wait for him uh-huh. to come to me and decide that I've been doing a lot of the chasing okay. here. Let's, okay. Uh... So you're sitting there, probably sitting in Jerry's when he comes back in with his nose taped. And when you get, you know, when you get your nose broken, you get two black eyes typically too. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got a little of that. They're, uh, they're not the worst black eyes, but they're, pretty it looks like he got his nose smashed and he comes in and uh is is wearing like a hawaiian shirt under his leather vest all right so so richard probably goes so but richard probably goes white as a sheet because if you remember his little sister died in a sports accident where she wiped out and busted her everything so he so he probably gets that sudden concern of, oh God, what oh, happened? Uh, what did you do? Have you ever heard that song Wipeout from like the 60s? It was like that, only instead of a drum, it was my nose. And instead of a drumstick, it was the surfboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, staying off the waves for a little bit till I uh, yeah, uh, can breathe without it being all adenoidal. My voice is probably sounding just like super nasal, isn't it? Sorry about that. I know you prefer. Mm-hmm. I know you prefer my usual deep throaty growl, but uh, yeah, this is this is a thing. Uh, you're just lucky you're not dead. Fatal surf accidents are pretty rare outside of Hawaii, I, or what have you. I, I'm sure it, it was fine. It was just me being clumsy. Not not oh. a uh, class athlete like some people I can mention. Skiing's got to be more dangerous than surfing, right? Yes. Not to mention skiing with a loaded rifle on your back. Although, I, do you guys like reload when you get? Do you load when you get the? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. How you been? That's a little beside the point. Yes, and I've been fine. Fine, just fine. Apparently, you have also been just fine. Well, you know, until, until quite recently. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, this is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and it's broken nose. I've had it broken before. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't you worry your pretty little head about it. Does does the same kind of hair ruffle that he did on Josh? Uh huh. Which is funny because Richard, I think, is three years older than he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, how, do, how does he feel about the uh, the hair tossle? Cute, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> the hair ruffling? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, n- not his favorite. Uh, 
but he puts up with it. A sort of a old teeth kind of yeah probably what you right. notice is that he's probably fooled with your hair before and what you've noticed is that after he fools with your hair surreptitiously he's like smelling his hands and <laughs> it's the product it's the product coconut so yes he's he's like so you want to Go get some beef chow mein at your favorite place after I uh, after I close up. You know, it's a Wednesday night. Wednesdays are always death. Yes, we could go out yeah, yeah. elsewhere. We'll, we'll try something oh, new. Okay, where you want to go? Uh, a country club. I don't actually belong to a country club, but a place uptown I know about. Oh, he says it's somewhere super duper fancy. Yeah, I think he'll he'll take him to a. Um, a really very nice but small place. Do you tell him that he needs to change his clothes? Because I'm just picturing oh. if it if it was Fraser, he'd walk in with the leather vest over the Hawaiian shirt, and the Mater D would be like, "I'm sorry, sir, you'll have to wear a tie." Oh no, no. So Josh is wearing what he usually wears. Uh, Josh, uh, Richard is wearing what he usually wears when he goes there. But they go to this place and they come in. They probably get the Mater D who's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Sorry, sir. And then Richard goes, no, no, he's with me. And he's like, oh, oh, right. Mr. Rosso, I'm so sorry. Your table. And so did you did you tell him that he needed to dress up or did you just let him show up in his? Oh, no, they're 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 both still dressed yeah. the way right. they were at Jerry. So they're they're both kind of in. Uh, and so he looks around and he's like, you could have warned me. I do own a suit. You know. Am I wearing a suit? I'm not wearing a suit. Yeah, I'm you're not wearing a suit. I'm not wearing a suit, but uh, everyone. Neither of us are wearing. I'm wearing flannel. Yeah, so yeah you're wearing that, uh, that LL Bean flannel, but I can't help but noticing that uh, everyone else here is wearing a suit. It's like one of those suit places. Right. And we're in an alcove. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Eh, I worry about it, though. So, what's good here? Hmm. Oh, most things. Ragu Aplantis. Why aren't there any prices listed? Because you shouldn't worry about it. Uh-huh. What do you want to drink? Ah, uh, boy, well, well, I don't know. They got on tap. Yeah, get something complicated that you can show Bunny later. <laughs> oh, my life's long enough without trying to teach board drinks to bunnies. You know, you know, everyone comes in. They want a beer. They want scotch. If they're from Chicago, they want the Malort. Have you tried that stuff? It tastes like cigars smell. I don't know what is going on with that city. Well, in that case, I recommend the scotch. What do you prefer anyway? Most bartenders I know don't actually drink. Uh, well, you know, I'll drink a little. You gotta, if, if it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough. For my clientele of merchant seamen, uh, seamen and longshoremen, what's the, what's a good, oh, hey, they've got Nick of Coffee. That's good scotch, right? It's like you... Do you have strong opinions about scotch? What about wine? Do I have strong opinions about scotch? No, I do not have strong opinions about scotch. I am a, does it taste good to you? Then you should drink. It doesn't really matter if it's Kentucky Gentleman or if it's, I don't know, Glenn Levitt. You and I really come from different worlds, don't we? Oh. I have to wonder what you're doing with me. I mean, some things, but I don't know. I mean, and he, you know, reaches across the hand, the table, pulls his hand, and he's like, "Look at our hands. Look at your hand, and look at my hand, and look at mm -hmm. this. You've got the perfect manicure, the cuticles, flawless, 
and they're soft. Look at how soft your hands are. Like they've been, and they smell like Lancome. And then you got. Uh, heaven forbid Lancome. <laughs> oh, no. But Richard's not a Lancome man. Yeah. Oh, he says that out loud. It's like, no, it's no. Like, and then sandalwood. you got this. And, you know, here's, here's the scar that I got when I was trying to change a tire and the tire iron broke. And he's like, he just looks up and he's like, what are you doing with me? Because on one hand, I feel incredibly special that someone like you, who's got the world on a string, wants to pay attention to me. But at the same time, there's the sensation the floor might fall out. I mean, you just drop into Jerry's thinking, oh, this will be a laugh. I'll see how the other half lives. Or it'd be like, I guess, the other 99%, right? Well, you're not wrong that Jerry's isn't my usual stomping grounds, no. Somehow, I don't think I've... Mm, I'm sort of startled to admit this, but somehow I don't think I've really fooled you for a moment. No, it was the, it was the shoes. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I just... Once I noticed that, there were all the little, the little subtle things. The sunglasses... The sunglasses cost as much as my car, right? Bar. Ouch! Hey, now you're getting nasty. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, that was the cheers. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, Diane would absolutely say would. something like that. So yeah, he he a... he kind of laughs, but he kind of <laughs> he kind of laughs, but he kind of dies inside too. Yeah, but it's ouch. <laughs> And honestly, that's not, I, I don't mean that as an insult or anything. I've, in fact... Are you uh, embarrassed? You're embarrassed, aren't you? I can tell because your ears turn red. And the uh, only other time I I'm, saw your ears turn red was when you ran into your <laughs> not-quite-son at Jerry's and that one time in the poker game where you bluffed and got called on it. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I'm embarrassed, but not about you. And definitely not about being here with you. So I'm embarrassed because essentially I used a computer algorithm to find someone that would be paired with me exactly. To find my soulmate, for lack of a better term. Wait, like Grindr? Yes, but accurate. Wait, what? At least it better be for what it cost. It's a proprietary algorithm. I don't know what that is. A computer program for which I own the patent and the resources and the funding. Anyway, you were who they pointed at, and to be honest about it, I've, well, very much enjoyed the time that we've spent together. So I have no reason to doubt its accuracy, even though... So, yes, this is very much out of my normal, but... Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I don't really have... I, I'm also not very bound to... If you have learned anything about me, it's that the behavior and the things that are expected of me have little impact on what I do or don't. So, you know, do with that what you will. Yes, this may not be what is expected of, but I don't generally care to do what is expected huh, of me. So you just... Not. you Wait... So. I'm still stuck on the computer aspect of this. You did this before you even came to came to my bar. Uh, yes. So you can't you see? So, so you came to my bar because computer told you to go there to meet me. I mean, like me. And he like gestures at his face. He's yes. like this. Yes. 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 That's exactly what I'm telling you. Uh, has it ever? Has the thought ever crossed your mind that maybe your computer's full of shit? Oh. Once or twice, but it seems to actually be doing a fairly Thanks? reasonable job. I mean, wow. well, well, it's 
I'm, I've still kept dating you after all, and not because a computer spat out a name and an address. Of ones that, well, I mean... And all, that was all that it oh, told me. Well, yeah. Frankly. So the rest, so the rest I've, you know, put together. And as I've said, I mean, unless you think, unless you think this is a mismatch, I don't know. This is the moment where Sal actually ac- accidentally says the quiet part loud because he just, you know, blurts out, well, it's obvious to see why I'd want to be with you. And you just get this heartbreaking little moment of the unspoken, but I don't, but I can't imagine why you would want to be with me. And he doesn't even look guilty or anguished about it, just puzzled. That, that right there, that's why. You are, if absolutely nothing else, heartbreakingly honest. And that's refreshing. So we do we call the scene there? It seems to be kind of an up note. Ah. Yeah. All right, yeah, so they, they uh... hold hands and look. All right, so how do they wind out? The, the last scene of the game is the scene at the boathouse. Uh-huh. Yeah, now that it's all out in the open that you're mm-hmm. of the 1%, do you just like, well, do you want to see my yacht? Or what? how do they wind up at the boathouse? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be a boathouse, but that's like the tradition. I assume that, it, you know, it's it's been pretty clear that Richard's been out of his element in the sort of right, places right. he's been going with Jerry and so forth, and he's... He hasn't seemed uncomfortable. He's actually seemed to be enjoying himself the times for all of that. But now there's the other side of how comfortable is Sal to be okay. in Richard's world. So there's probably a couple more dates in both places. I yeah. see a montage. Of, they, they could get a like. Oh, yeah. Uh, homage you know, Sal buys there. his first but, ascot. Picture him in the suit. Yeah. Marmani. Yeah. There you go. So at, at the end, they go to it's the classic Godfather thing. So it's got to be a boathouse, or uh, it, but yeah, they're going to go out on. Oh man, Richard's you're, you're yacht. starting to break up. Is there any way you can get closer to your Wi-Fi box or something? I am as close to the Wi-Fi as it is possible to be. Actually, no, I can get a little bit closer in that I can sit in Brandis's chair instead of mine. <laughs> uh, Will he be angry? Nope. Before we roll, we are perfectly tied having having constantly rolled the exact same dice which is freaky some reader is going to figure out what the odds were but or listener reader some listener but yeah because soulmates get to get the advantages mechanically to make up for not being millionaires at the end of this scene i will decide whether the couple stays together or splits apart and also we will roll dice combine them if it's even the relationship was good and always was it's odd the relationship is bad and always was mm-hmm. so what are you hoping for <gasps> i mean it won't make any it won't make any difference to the outcome but what what are you hoping the dice tell us i'm not entirely sure I, so i think i can see the story uh-huh. if it's okay i'm having a harder time seeing the story if it's it's bad and, uh, and always was. I think if it's bad and always was, I see them breaking up because I can't, I don't see a lot of it's bad and they stay together forever, it, codependently. Because yeah. tr- uh, that gets into cosmic <laughs> horror in a weird way. I, well, but, no, I don't um, think it's cosmic horror, it's personal horror. One of, personal horror. One of the games um, I, I played of this, or no, actually, it was one I, I facilitated. It wound up with the two characters. It, it was like they perfectly enabled one another to be withdrawn 
and private and isolated and terrified, uh, more terrified of interacting with each other, honestly, than of being lonesome. And so they just fused into this tranquil, but loveless, joyless, quiet marriage. Oh, God. Actually, yeah, I suspect I can see if, if, if they're... If it's sick and always was, I think I can see where it would go. Well, let's really, find oh out. God, that would be awful. You find out. Uh, yeah, I can actually see good and <laughs> they break up. Ouch. More easily, which that's heartbreaking. But and good and stay together is is what is of course your. Yeah, well, I'm hoping for good because you know if it's right. good, I'll definitely stay together. But <laughs> I can see, I can see Sal stand together even if it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, I can, let's roll can see it. Let's how see that it. Would go. Got a two. All right, got a two. <gasps> Mazel Tov! <laughs> it's a happy relationship. Oh, what are the, okay. All right, dice. We That's have, crazy. We clearly have like those. Uh, what do you call it? Quant- we have quantum entangled dice. So that's, yeah. But hey, the good news is the relationship is good and pure. I'm going to suggest, you know, they've been together for a while and things just get more and more comfortable that what is going on with the positivity of Sal is that he makes it more possible for Richard to be honest and that suggesting that the scene at the boathouse is when they go out on the yacht with Josh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's where I was headed to. Okay. So they go out on the boat with Josh. How do, how do you think Josh takes the revelation? Oh man. I think so. Given the way that the rest (laughs) of this is gone, I think it has to be like a star Wars. I know. Wait. So so you tell him and then he screams no. And you cut his hand off. No, 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 not that one. The the Luke and Leia oh, thing, okay. without the creepy kiss. But the no, and my sister was in it. I said, yes, I know. Somehow, oh, okay. I've always known. Right? <laughs> yeah, like the revelation of Luke and Leia being brother oh, okay. and sister kind of thing. Because the moral of the story is, you have all these people who are who are hiding things and keeping secrets, and everyone already knows. Or they're just maintaining the illusion. He's like, yeah, is that what you tried to... I was just waiting for you to tell me, Dad. Josh probably has some pent-up angst about, yeah, no one in my family felt that they could be honest with me about the truth, but I figured it out years ago. And this is the point where Sal just cracks up. He is just completely immobilized laughing. (laughs) Uh Advantages to save the whole thing from being written from being uh, yeah. a Bronte so, novel. Uh, he's, he probably pulls out his phone, snaps a picture of Richard's face. He's like, oh man, once this is cooled down, you'll be able to see how hilarious this is. And he looks at the picture, he's like, oh, I didn't quite get it. It's it's fading, and it, but you'll see. Sal just tries to uh, make, the, to cushion the reconciliation between father and son. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps it from from going into tears and recriminations, and it's like, well, okay, so we could be upset about all of that time, or we could make up from lost time with you and me, and 
if he's willing to put up with our insanity, your new stepfather Ooh. busts out a ring. Oh, what? <laughs> Gets out the ring and, uh, yeah. yep, and that's yeah. the, so the last scene would be, or the last image would be Sal with his eyes wide and his mouth puckered and both hands pressing to his cheeks. And then Josh goes and snaps the phone shot. <laughs> yep, says, upbeat okay, music, roll it. credits. And okay, that was a good one. Ah, <sighs> oh, I feel yeah, catharsis. Okay, well, if we were face-to-face, right? we'd shake hands, and that would be the end of Million Dollar Soulmate. The art for this episode was created by Feral Nobel and released via the Unsplash website. The music is Ravel's Sonatine 2, Mouvement de Minuet, via Muse Open. All rights are reserved. Million Dollar Soulmate is available on itch.io and drive through RPG. Thanks for listening.